Have you ever been in a conversation with someone and felt like you had no idea what they were talking about? And it made you feel like you didn't belong. I mean, you know, you're not dumb, but what the heck were they talking about? So what do you do? You move along and find someone else that makes sense, or at least doesn't make you feel dumb, right? It's possible you were just missing context in the conversation. And in this episode, we're talking about how context is king. And if you don't include it, you might be making your audience feel dumb, like they don't belong. Welcome to the Savvy Agent Podcast, where we help real estate agents build a thriving business so they have financial freedom in their life without having to work 24-7. I'm your host, Heather Wright. Now let's get to it. I don't know about you, but personally, I have always found the definition for context difficult to understand. (laughs) Maybe I'm missing some context there. (laughs) Anyway, Merriam-Webster says context is the circumstances that form the setting for an event, statement, or idea, and in terms of which it can be fully understood and assessed. The decision was taken within the context of planned cuts in spending. Okay. Well, that tells me nothing. And then they also wrote, uh, like, you know, sometimes they have more than one definition. The second one was the parts of something written or spoken that immediately proceed and follow a word or passage and clarify its meaning. For example, word processing is affected by the context in which words appear. (laughs) Okay. So this is clear as mud. I did a little more research and found an explanation on the masterclass website. The definition of context is the setting within which a work of writing is situated. Context provides meaning and clarity to the intended message. Context clues in a literary work create a relationship between the writer and reader, giving a deeper understanding of the intent and direction of the writing. All right, so that's a little bit more clear. But if you would let me dumb this down even further, context is telling people why they should care. You know how when someone shares an article without writing anything in the post, you're missing the context. And so like, I wonder, what am I supposed to think about this? Why do I care? What is the point? Why are you sharing this? So you can add a little context to your content. And I think you'll start seeing even better results, whether that's more engagement or comments, inviting conversation or callbacks to your content in a real life conversation. It would, all of those are examples of better results. For example, let's say you just read an article from Realtor Magazine about the 10 most least desired home features of first-time buyers, which actually is not a very good title. Like they could have 10 most and least desired home features, whatever. So you decide that the article is pretty interesting and you want to share a link to your Facebook page so your followers can see and read it. And you know what type of social media post is usually the worst? Links especially when there's no context. You've just added a link to an article in the Facebook feed for no apparent reason. Honestly, that's kind of a lazy post. I mean, I've done it. You've probably done it. It's a common mistake made by busy people. But if the article is truly interesting and you really want your audience to see it, why not put a little more effort into it and add some context? Include a caption telling people why you're sharing the article and or what you want them to get from the article. So this particular article, it's a real article, the 10 most comma least desired home features of first-time buyers. And it's mostly two graphs showing the top 10 home features most wanted by first-time home buyers. 
The first graph includes essential versus desirable for each item. It's about what you would expect from first-time buyers. They want to walk in pantry, hardwood floors, ceiling fans, and laundry rooms. One thing I don't often see from my first-time buyers that I work with is any desire one way or the other for drinking water filtration. So I could write a post, share this article, and include some context about how that surprises me that drinking water filtration would be on the list. I could even ask a question of my audience. Is this something that is important to you? Another item on the wanted list is security cameras. And at first I was like, duh, get them yourself. (laughs) But then I realized it's probably the camera doorbells that are already there. So of course, everybody wants a ring doorbell or Nest or whatever brand it is. They want that doorbell that has a camera. And you know how sellers get about those things. They're like, oh, I just got this ring doorbell. I'm taking it with me to my new house. So if a buyer sees it, they want it. I mean, we all know how that situation works. So you could write a post about that. And your context is if you're planning on selling your house and have a ring doorbell, Use that as a selling point because 78% of first-time buyers want security cameras in their home. The second graph in the article is the 10 most unwanted features by first-time home buyers. <laughs> when I first read it, I was like, what the fuck is this? First-time buyers don't want elevators or golf courses or wine cellars. Well, duh, that makes sense because those are more luxury items. And we're probably dealing with a first-time home buyer budget. So there you go. That's a post. You could say, hello, luxury market, first time buyers don't want your fancy shit. (laughs) No, no, that's not quite it. But if you are marketing to the luxury market, you could share that article as a testament to how important it is to target the right buyer for your luxury listing, because those things don't really make sense in a first time home buyer poll. Like no kidding. A first time home buyer doesn't want a wine cellar. A more appropriate question for those luxury items would be the most wanted and unwanted features in a luxury home. So like the context of the poll itself is kind of off because first time buyer versus luxury, like they just, it doesn't really make sense. Another thing on the unwanted list is that apparently first-time buyers aren't into cork or bamboo flooring, to which I don't know anything about. I probably wouldn't post anything related to this specific subject, but if you had an opinion on cork or bamboo flooring, then that would be your post. I mean, maybe they are, oh, aren't they more green? Maybe it's a more sustainable type of flooring. And so maybe it costs more so that also I'm totally making things up here, but whatever the reason for buyers not being interested in those types of flooring, what do you think about that? Are they not interested because it costs so much because those are luxury items or should nobody be interested in cork and bamboo flooring? Your thoughts on that subject is your context. Also on the unwanted list is a daycare center a pet washing station, and an in-law suite, which I think makes perfect sense for first-time buyers. They're generally younger. They may not have kids. They consider a pet washing station a waste of space because they'll have a tub that they can wash their pet. They've also just moved out of their parents' house. (laughs) They're not ready for the in-laws to move in. This particular poll, in general, it doesn't really make a lot of sense for my market where I work, at least for the unwanted features. That could be the context that I share in my post. The most wanted are spot on, but the 10 most unwanted, maybe if you lived in a high-rise city, but not my suburban town. In just a few minutes, we have created a lot of context 
which is going to make this rather boring article that consists of mostly data quite interesting. Another example of a type of post that needs some context would be market updates. Do you ever do a market update like in an infographic? We provide these infographics to savvy agent club members, and they're just done for you graphics that might have the number of homes for sale, the number currently under contract, the number of listings sold, the average days on market, et cetera. I really like this type of post because I mean, you are a realtor. And so like, you're just sharing market information. It's, it's a good post, but they also really need context as well as some sourcing. So when you're putting that market update post out there, consider the top three takeaways that you want people to get out of it. If you don't have three takeaways, what are the top two takeaways that you want people to get out of it? Make it easy for them to get right to your point. Is there just 1.2 months of inventory on the market? Why should they care? Are the total days on market for the whole market higher than what your buyers are actually experiencing? Explain that. For example, I might write a caption that says, this market report is a snapshot of what happened market-wide last month. This includes all cities in the insert MLS area here, all styles of homes, including single family, multifamily, condos, townhomes, whatever it includes. And it includes all price ranges from insert lowest price here to highest price here. Now, if you're a buyer actively in the market, you know that houses are selling a lot faster than the 50 days on market this report shows. New construction time on market is usually a lot longer than resale because they will have the property listed when it's just proposed. And the higher the price, well, the longer it takes to sell. For reference, aka context, the average days on market for insert your specialty or most popular buyer type at the moment is X. And then include a call to action. If you have any questions about what's going on in your micro market, let me know. I love geeking out on these things. When you're adding context, your post can quickly get very long. So don't be afraid to make a series. Maybe you work a couple different communities and you want to do a micro market report for each of them. Do it, just separate them into different posts. And now actually that works in your favor because now you have your social media completed for at least a week. When you add context, you position yourself as the expert, which naturally helps keep you top of mind with your audience. They're going to remember the realtor that was thought provoking, the person that explained it in such an easy way that they totally understood it and they wanted to hear more. They're not going to remember the agent that made them figure shit out on their own. They're not going to remember the person who made them feel like they were in a conversation with someone and didn't know what was going on. No one likes that person. Hopefully you have gotten a lot out of this episode on context is king. Although why isn't it queen? <laughs> why does king have to be the best? Oh, that's another, another topic for another day. Meanwhile, I mentioned in this episode about Savvy Agent Club, and we are opening doors for enrollment in the very near future. So if you would like to get on the wait list to make sure you don't miss that opportunity, you can visit our website, savvyagent.co slash club and register for the wait list there. And of course, I'll put link in the show notes to make it even easier for you. Have fun adding some context to all of your content. I'll talk to you soon. 